Physics of the Human Body. These are podcasts from the University of Utah's Department of Physics and Astronomy. Hi, this is Richard Ingebretson. I'm from the University of Utah's Department of Physics and Astronomy, and I'm a physician and on the faculty of the University of Utah School of Medicine. Uh, today, uh, in our continuing s- series on physics of the body, uh, we are going to talk about uh, the nervous system just briefly, so you have a, a good understanding. Of, of course, the nervous system is just a bunch of uh, wires in the body conducting electricity. While that statement is not exactly correct, it's enough correct to be able to say that it, it behaves like that. In other words, uh, current moves through the body through a very interesting system of uh, electrical um, uh, ions, uh, what we call the action potential. Uh, basically, it's a very complex network of nerves and cells that carry messages uh, to and from the brain and spinal cord to various parts of our bodies. The nervous system includes both the central nervous system, what we call the CNS, and the peripheral nervous system, which is called the PNS. The central nervous system is composed of two kinds of specialized cells. <clears throat> we call those neurons, and we call them glial cells. A neuron uh, is an interesting cell. Its function is to receive information from other neurons, uh, process the information, and then send that information to other neurons. And that way we communicate around the body. This includes all the motor information by which we're able to move and all the sensory information, which we're able to hear and see, smell, taste, and touch. Uh, This also includes uh, the cognitive information through which we're able to reason I think, remember, processing so much information all the time requires more than 10,000 different types of neurons. These translate into around 200 billion neurons in the brain alone. It's an incredible number. Now, glial cells are a little bit different. When we're considering numbers, it is worth noting that there are as many as 50 times more glial cells than neurons in the CNS. The glial cells provide support to the neurons in much the same way that the foundation framework and walls of a house provide structure through which we run various electrical outlets, pipes, telephone lines, and so on. Not only do glial cells provide the uh, structural framework that allow networks of neurons to remain connected, they also attend to the brain's various housekeeping functions, such as removing debris and uh, after neuronal death or damage. Um, While there are as many as 10,000 specific types of neurons, they are generally divided into three general types. The first one is the motor neurons, which transfer information about muscle motion. The second type are our sensory neurons. These transmit uh, sensory uh, information uh, uh, to the body. And uh, then the uh, what we call the inner neurons, these um, transfer information between different types of neurons. A typical neuron has four distinct parts. The first part is the cell body and is the control center of the neuron. Uh, The second uh, is called the axon. And the third is called the dendrite. These are structures that extend away from the cell body, acting as conduits through which signal flows to our body from the cell body. Incoming signals are received through the dendrites at the end. These have these long uh, spindle structures that stick out. The outgoing signal to the other neurons flows along the axon, 
a, neck, a, a neuron may have uh, actually have thousands of dendrites, <clears throat> but it will only have one axon. The fourth the distinct part of a neuron lies at the end of the axon. <clears throat> axons can be really long. Uh, these are the axon terminals and are the structures that contain what we call neurotransmitters. This is a huge, huge, huge branch of science right now, looking at what neurotransmitters uh, are, what they do, how they act. And uh, if, this is something that you should look on your own and, and study neurotransmitters. Whole branches, science uh, deals with this. A lot of uh, diseases and things are uh, being looked at and treated by the neurotransmitters. Uh, these are the chemicals that are released in the synapses that, that communicate with the next neuron. So a low level of neurotransmitters is thought to be the cause of depression. And drugs such as uh, that we hear about, uh, these uh, SSRIs, aim at helping to raise the level of these neurotransmitters to help treat depression. And that is a, one of the effective ways that it's being used right now. And that is also an ongoing uh, subject of research uh, that uh, should be examined. Another important structure of the neuron is covering, uh, which covers the uh, axon, axon itself, and it's called the myelin sheath. This is a segmented covering around axons and dendrites of our peripheral neurons. This casing is continuous along the axons, except at regular gaps, gaps uh, along the way. These gaps are called the nodes of Ranvier. Uh, the myelin sheath aids in moving nerve impulses much more rapidly than would otherwise be possible. By having these gaps, the uh, action potential can actually, and we'll use the word jump, although that's not the, a good word, but it's, it, it invokes something in our mind, uh, jump from these nodes to the next node, speeding along rather than having to move along uh, the axon. So the myelin sheath is very important for uh, coordination and uh, speed of our uh, muscles. Now, I mentioned the action potential, and this is the process by which nerve impulses travel along the nervous system and thus through the body. Neurons send uh, messages electrochemically, meaning that chemicals within the body cause an electrical signal. Chemicals in the body that are electrically charged are called ions. These important ions uh, uh, in the nervous system are, there are several, but the big ones are sodium and potassium. By passing these ions through the semi-permeable membranes of the nodes of Ranvier or through the axon, an electrical signal can be conducted. Nerve impulses occur like a domino effect. So think of a domino, and each neuron receives an impulse and must, and then will pass it on to the next neuron. Through a chain of chemical events, dendrites receive an impulse, which then travel through the axon and is transmitted to the next neuron. The entire nerve impulse passes through a neuron in about seven milliseconds. That is faster than a lightning strike. When a neuron is not sim uh, stimulated, its membrane is in a polarized way, which means that the electrical charge on the outside of the membrane is positive compared to the inside. So the electrical charge on the inside of the membrane is uh, much more electronegative, although it often is positively charged. It's just that it's much less so positively charged. So the outside of the cell has an, an excess of sodium ions, and the uh, inside of the cell contains an excess of potassium ions. Uh, when, when the neuron is inactive or polarized, it's said to be in what is called the resting potential. 
uh, it remains this way until a nerve stimulus arrives. When the stimulus occurs, sodium ions move inside the membrane and potassium moves out. This rush of ions moving in and out of the axon stimulates the next section of the neuron to do the same thing, like a domino, and consequently creates motion down the axon, which we call the action potential. So uh, this is how our nerves communicate. It's an incredibly simple process in theory, but the, the actual function of it is complex. And while I just mentioned it, I just blazed over what is the most amazing things in our body and made it very simple just to make it, it, it understandable. But it's these channels open and sodium moves in, potassium moves out, and that will flip back around. And that trigger, triggers the next section of the axon. But what's interesting, the speed of a nerve impulse varies with the type of the nervous system that is sending the impulse. Nerve impulse, such as pain, travel very slowly, 0.6 millimeters per second. This is why when you stub your toe, uh, when you're looking for that uh, table at night, you stub it and then you go, oh, oh it's going to hurt. And then it will hurt because pain fibers are very slow. Uh, touch signals travel at a speed faster than that, about 76 meters per second. Uh, uh, the thought signals in our brain are a little bit less than that, about 30 meters per second. Signals that help to determine spatial perception, where we are, where like if you lift your arm in the air or you reach something out, travel at speeds at 120 uh, meters uh, per second and are just insanely fast. And that's like in a baseball game, a, a baseball player, a, a ball's hit at the player and the hand goes up and instantly catches it. So these are very fast. But, but here's the deal. Even the fastest nerve impulses are 3 million times slower than the speed of electricity through a wire. As fast as they are, that's faster outside in a wire. <clears throat> I want to just talk a second about the electrical conduction system in the heart. Because an action potential is, is generated in the heart like the rest of the body, but it has specialized cells in, in the way it works. Plus, it's pulsed. The heart will beat on its own, and it can beat irregularly on its own unless you have a pacemaker. So the, the whole electrical conduction system of the heart starts in the upper right atrium at a bundle of cells called the sinoatrial node, call that the SA node. And this is the natural pacemaker of the heart, and it beats the heart. Otherwise, the heart would be in a very bad arrhythmia and would might not be compatible with life. So you may have heard of someone having a pacemaker implanted into their body, uh, when the SA node has ceased to function properly, and that's why a pacemaker is put in. So it, it takes over the function of the SA node. So the SA node releases electrical signals at a rate that is determined by the needs of the body. But like if you're running or exercising, it'll go up. But usually the pulse is about 1,600 times each minute. Each signal passes through the heart cells, creating a wave of contraction that spreads rapidly through both of the atrium. Then a uh, when a person is exercising, the SA node is stimulated to beat faster, as high as 180 beats per minute. The electrical uh, conduction stimulus from the SA node eventually goes down the right atrium, reaching another bundle of specialized cells and the lower part of the right atrium called the atrioventricular node or the AV node. Once the atria are empty of blood, the valves between the atria and ventricles close. At this point, the electrical stimulus passes out of the AV node into a specialized set, uh, a set of nerves in a muscle called the bundle of His, that's H-I-S. This is a muscle uh, uh, that, uh, it, that the nerves pass down through the septum and then into another set of uh, nerves called the Purkinje fibers. 
Inside the bundle of his, uh, uh, imagine, I think the way to think about this is that the bundle of his is a highway with the Purkinje fibers being roads that spread widely across the ventricles. In this way, all the cells in the ventricles receive an electrical stimulus, causing them to contract. It goes down the septum, <clears throat> then reverses direction, and goes up on the outside of the heart in the opposite direction. Most people have uh, have seen an electrical tracing of the heart, which we call an uh, EKG. Uh, there are usually five waves on an EKG, although it can be a little more complicated, but that's usually what there are. And they're labeled the P, Q, R, S, and T waves. The P wave shows the electrical impulse starting in the ASA node and proceeding through the atria, causing the atria to contract. The QRS waves are indicative of the impulse going through the ventricle starting at the AV node, causing the ventricles to contract. So uh, when someone looks at those, when they see the P wave, they're looking at the atrium and the, uh, the, uh, that QRS node, they're looking at the ventricles. The T wave is what we call repolarization. That is the resetting of the conductor, conducting system of the next impulse in the heart. I want to make a mention about pain. <clears throat> now, pain, uh, it, uh, of course, involves the uh, electrical conducting system of the human body as well. Pain is the product of having an advanced nervous system. Uh, creatures and plants and animals uh, uh, don't have similar systems. Plants, which don't move, don't have advanced nervous systems. Well, as animals uh, do and uh, experience pain and will run from it or move from it. While pain protects us from its harm, it outlasts its usefulness. For example, if you touch a hot stove uh, and the nervous system can warn us of danger through the pain and we take our hand away, but the pain will linger on long after we remove our hand. It's not actually known why that happens because you would think that um, pain would warn us then it would stop. And there's other things too. We we experience pain that doesn't have to do with motion or warming. It's like a headache or uh, when uh, in a in childbirth there's pain, and that doesn't doesn't answer that. Nevertheless, because of this, because of the pain and the the fact that it, pain outlasts its usefulness, our bodies have developed two natural defenses against pain. Which is an interesting way to say that, but that's a but it describes what's going on. The first way is a chemical endorph a, a chemical called endorphins, which is released from the brain down the axon. These endorphins act like pain medication. Reduce, in fact, uh, endorphin stands for endogenous morphines. Actually, uh, they they uh, reduce sharp severe pain for short periods of time by covering up um, with a warm, insensible feeling. Uh, this is what a say a football player, an athlete will experience if they're running towards the end zone, <clears throat> score a touchdown. After they've broken a leg, they won't know that they've broken it. The, the thought is, is that this would help help us survive an attack of an animal or if we have to get to safety, that the, that by coating the axons in the end plate, that we would get rid of uh, pain by coating them with endorphins. Now, the second way that our body deals with pain is called gating. Our brain can be thought as like an airport with planes arriving and departing. These planes are the signals sent by the nerves and are detecting pain uh, or, or some sort of feeling or touch. However, it's thought that the brain can only handle one huge sensation at a time, much like a small airport that only has one runway. This means that the dominant sensation will be the only one registered in our brains, and all others will be blocked out and seemingly non-existent for a short period of time. Hence, the many remedies that we try when we are experiencing pain, such as rubbing our temples, rubbing a, a leg that's been hit, uh, like you rub your head when you have a headache or massaging 
uh, the finger on your hand or thigh that has been smashed with heavy object or hit by heavy object, this gates the pain. This is this uh, as, uh, by rubbing your, like if you run along and you bump your thigh and it, so you rub it, that gets rid of the pain. A dentist often when injecting lidocaine into a mouth will jiggle the jaw or ask you to wiggle your toes to have a big stimulation so that the little needle going into the mouth won't hurt as much. So this is the same type of strategy that ice works. Ice, by putting ice on a wound, just gates the pain. We often say it's numbing, but it's actually gating the pain. Heating pads are used for. Heating will actually bring blood to uh, an area, uh, whereas ice tends not to do that. So it, it just isn't a side. We try to get people to use heat. But nevertheless, ice uh, gates pain, as, as does heat. So when we create a sensation that overpowers pain, we only feel the sensation that was created and not the pain. Lidocaine is a drug or any of those canes, like bupivacaine and marcaine, are, are drugs that, that people use, especially dentists in the mouth, that use to numb an area uh, that they're about to work on. It works by blocking the channels at the nodes of Ranvier and, and along the axon that allow the influx of sodium, preventing the action potential from working. No action potential means that there is no nerve impulse. If you inject lidocaine or some substance like that into a major motor, um, motor neuron, it can also create temporary paralysis. That's how those things work. There's a couple of diseases we like to mention. One is multiple sclerosis, which is an autoimmune disease that affects the brain and the central nervous system. Generally, MS is caused by damage to the myelin sheath. When the sheath is damaged, nerve signals slow down and can even stop. Some of the symptoms of MS include loss of balance, muscle spasm, numbness, problems walking, tremors, seizures, double vision, vision loss. There are uh, also symptoms associated with the bowels, the bladder, speech, and swallowing. Uh, while a specific cause has not been identified, MS has been linked to a combination of genetic, environmental, infectious factors. While there is no cure for MS, the treatments have proven to be insanely effective for helping affected individuals and people achieve a normal quality of life and a normal, uh, uh, a normal life. Uh, the medications are getting better with time, and MS is one of the diseases and medicines uh, where understanding the cause of the, the disease in the, in the sense that we know the damage being done, we can reverse that. So medications are used to slow the progression of the disease, decrease the severity and attacks, uh, and control the symptoms and give people with MS a normal uh, quality of life. Uh, Parkinson's disease is where the electrical impulses of the nervous system and is somewhat similar to MS. Uh, Parkinson's disease is characterized by slowing of voluntary movements, muscle rigidity, and tremors while the body is at rest. These symptoms are caused by reduction of nervous, uh, neur neurons in the brain that are responsible for making dopamine. Uh, this, in turn, can affect how other neurons fire and react to uh, different stimulus, especially those nerves and neurons that control muscle and limbs in your body. Uh, there are treatments for this, too, by giving people uh, um, compounds of dopamine and other ways uh, to uh, respond uh, to that. So... Um, the nervous system of the body is similar to uh, electrical conduction in the wires in our home. And uh, so uh, when you think of it, you think of it in that fashion. Well, as we continue on our uh, Physics of the Body series, uh, we're always uh, glad that you're listening. This ends this podcast. And as we said, uh, we thank you uh, for listening. 